Oakland has won the national championship for the Quinnipiac Bobcats. The first in their history. The Bobcats have done it all. They slayed the dragon. The Bobcats are going to Hampton. National champions. The 2023 national champions are the Quinnipiac Bobcats. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 10th Second Podcast. My name is Keith Woodward. I'll be your host. If you missed the first episode, we heard how Rand Pecknall became the head coach of a struggling Division III program. In today's episode, you're going to hear from the student-athletes, their origin stories, how they emerged, and how they finally landed at Quinnipiac. So we're going to start with Jaden Lee. Jaden is a fifth year or correct yeah fifth year and captain of the team how does that happen um i mean there's a there's a team vote and all that went into it but um really it was just it's it's just just an honor you know like as my freshman year uh Nick Germain, then Odin Tufto, then Wyatt Bion Giovanni, then Zach Metza, and uh, even uh, Chase Prisky, who I, I never played with, but um, I've I've talked to a lot, and he actually skated with us the other day. Um, I've been texting him a little bit, you know, like um, just being able to, like those those six guys I just or five guys five six guys like they're unreal hockey players, but unreal people as well, and just to kind of be putting the ranks along along those guys like it it's, it's it's truly an honor so big shoes to fill for sure no it is and your teammates must think very very highly of you sir because uh for them to choose you because I, I would agree with your analysis it's pretty impressive so tell us your backstory so when did you start playing hockey and how do you get into hockey and how's that all begin yeah so i was probably five or six years old when i started playing hockey um my dad always wanted to play but i don't think his parents let him um he played maybe a little bit and then played beer league and then um <laughs> my older brother played hockey so i i'm three years younger than him so i would always go to the rink watch him practice watch him play and just just loved it right and like as soon as i st- stepped foot on ice like just fell in love with it and kind of the rest is history i guess and so where'd you play as a, in the juniors uh juniors i played one year in langley and then one year in Powell river both in the the bchl back home in british columbia and what was your first memory of quinnipiac when you heard the word um, so my first memory of Quinnipiac would have been, um, I guess the 2016 national championship game. I was, uh, I was away for like a, a spring tournament with a couple buddies and, um, the, it happened to be that weekend. Um, and we were watching the game. So that was probably the first ever time. Like I, I really heard of Quinnipiac. And so at what age do you start to realize that, you know, you want to do this at more than just the junior level and and what's your thought process at that point um it was like when i was young like obviously everyone every kid's dreams to play in the nhl right um to play professionally so i'd say that um when i was about um when i was in bantam so i must have been 14 maybe um like i always knew i wanted to keep playing hockey but um our our team we visited uh denver and uh university of denver we watched a game and i was like it was just eye-opening i was like man like this college hockey thing just is unreal and like i kind of was like i just i want to play college hockey when i'm older um so and you're originally from vancouver right? vancouver yeah, yes yeah, yeah. yeah so um and and out in vancouver in uh like the the whl the western hockey league it's it's predominantly the league that most kids 
uh, go to. Um, so not that there aren't many kids in the NCAA out from BC, but I guess it's not as common as the as the major junior leagues. Um, but um, I, I'd say, yeah, I was like at, at that point, I was like, man, like this this is this is awesome, and uh, and yeah. And so, how do you start selecting or looking at schools? Uh, so it's just like the the typical recruitment process. Um, it was that when I was in Powell River, my second year juniors, uh, Joe Dume came out and watched watched one of our games. And uh, after the game, I spoke with them, um, and uh, he uh, invited me out for a visit. And uh, it was uh, when I flew out. I think it was a Tuesday night. It was their home opener against UConn. Um, and, uh, they, I, they flew me out, kind of treated, treated me like royalty. I was able to watch the game with some of the guys not playing. Um, and after, after the game, uh, stayed at, uh, Luke Shiplow's and Chase Prisky's apartment. Um, so I was able to chat with them, pick their brains, um, and all that. And, uh, and yeah, they, I was, um, and shortly after I, I committed to Quinnipiac. Quinnipiac has a history of brothers being on the team. And this year, they had the Cipollones, Anthony and Joey. So hockey in Purchase, New York, how does that start for the two of you? Like what, was it always a thing you wanted to do? Was it? Honestly, no, it started uh, through our cousins. So I actually have a cousin with the same name as me, Joey Cipollone. Okay. And he was two years older than me. and. Uh, he uh, he played at our local rink, and we'd go watch him. And then next thing you know, we both fell in love in it, with it, and we started playing. And uh, we uh, all made it to the Division One level. He played at the University of New Hampshire. He just finished the year uh, before 20 – I think he finished in 2022. So it, it was really cool that we have three of us in the same family that were all playing Division One hockey, especially coming from – parents who did not play hockey and they didn't know anything about hockey nope nothing and anthony what was your you were i was just following in joey's footsteps so uh we have a, like a little shooting area in our garage that we set up pretty early on and uh i would just go in there with him and chew pucks and uh whenever he would go to the rink usually i'd be going along with him for lessons and uh yeah just following in his footsteps very nice. So you were, there are a lot of puck holes on the back of the garage. Is that probably safe to <laughs> we say? Had to, we had to redo that. I think our mom <laughs> redid it this summer because we don't really need it anymore. Yeah, we had the uh, the garage was the designated shooting area. There was like plexiglass all set up and everything. So she was very excited because this year she finally has got her garage back. She did a huge <laughs> project. So she's been very excited about it this summer. CJ McGee and Avari Rasanen, they're veterans on the team and they tell their stories how they ended up at Quinnipiac. One was from Suffering, New York. The other was from across the Atlantic Ocean. And so how do you end up at Quinnipiac in terms of like, what's the recruiting process like? So I think for me, the recruiting process was, I was at the NHL Showcase in Minnesota, um, and I forget which game it was. I think we played four games there. It was either after game two or maybe game three, I got pulled aside by Rand. I think I met him like kind of in like the little lobby area, and I talked to him for about 10 or so minutes and then I want to say like two or three weeks later I'm sitting down at lunch um, like on the road I think we were in Corpus Christi in Texas I'm sitting at lunch for our team meal I'm sitting across my buddy just like we're sitting across from each other now and I get a phone call and it's like from a Connecticut number and I'm like all right I get spam calls from Connecticut New York all the time I'm like this is probably just some ridiculous spam call so I think I answered the phone I was like yo what's up 
And he's like, hey, uh, CJ, is this CJ? This is Coach Pecknold from Quinnipiac University. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> so I got up from the table. I walked outside. And then um, I think I had like a 10-minute conversation with him where he said like they were interested in me and wanted me to come to Quinnipiac. And then I think that was in like October, maybe end of September or something like that. And then there was phone calls back and forth with me and him, Coach Dume and Coach Riga. And then I eventually came on a visit in November. At the end of my visit, I was just like, oh, yeah, this is it. I'm done. There's nowhere else I would want to be. And then I told him like at the end of the visit that night that I would want to come here. And that was it. A very? So, yeah, so I'm from Finland. So uh, the, the route's a little different for me. I started playing in a team when I was eight years old, so a little later probably than, than average. I... I used to skate like outside playing pond hockey with my with my dad and my brother. My brother also plays hockey, so that's kind of like what kind of sparked me to get into the sport. Um, so I played for for Tapra in Europe. It usually goes under one team, like the whole all the way from like small kids all the way to pro teams. So I played played there when I was eight until I was. Uh, 18 actually played two years of juniors there um then i uh i was on the verge of deciding if i wanted to try and play pro in finland or if i wanted to come see uh see the college scene here in the states and uh then i decided that i want to see how life and hockey is here in the united states and uh so let me interrupt you so how do you make that decision right like because Right, a lot of your buddies probably stayed in Finland and played in Finland, yes. and you took an alternate route. So how do you, how does somebody? What were you, 18, 19 years old? Y- yes, 18, 18 I was. Uh, I was thinking about it for a long time. Like we're talking years, probably. My brother played for Boston College, so that definitely probably kind of like uh, swayed me towards that direction. Uh, he had some experiences, and uh, he kind of knew how things worked, so. That definitely helped, and uh, uh, I was 50-50 for a long time, and then it just came to the time that I had to just make a decision. So, uh, uh, so I decided to go play in the USHL. Uh, I played in Michigan in Muskegon for Muskegon Lumberjacks, and I missed a couple, I think, first four games of the 1920 season uh, because I had to finish school back home in Finland. Um, but then I came Darn over school always gets in the way. Yeah. <laughs> then I uh then I came overseas. Um uh, and I don't really remember like the exact time when Quinnipiac contacted me, but I believe Joe Dume was watching some one of our games. Like if I remember right it was like against the national team program away game and then I met him like outside of our locker room or something like that. And then uh, he told, I, I had never heard of the school before. Like I had no idea like where this place is or well, <laughs> where well, Connecticut was. Maybe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. or, or how good of a program it is or anything like that. And then he explained to me, told me, <laughs> told me the location first of all, which is important. And then, uh, then I came on my ofis- official visit here and uh, seemed like a nice, nice fit for me. I feel like hockey and school and location wise too and was anybody else looking t- for your talents to on the hockey yeah there were there were a couple other schools um i i don't want to name them either uh, but um sam's the only one that was af- wasn't afraid to name them yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah 
Uh, no, I'm teasing. Go, yeah, go no, ahead. I'm teasing. That's okay. I'm uh, just breaking your chance. Yeah, a couple other schools, couple a couple offers even, and uh, but but Quinnipiac just felt like the right place to be, and uh, I I feel like I made the right choice. So why did it feel like the right place? Why did Quinnipiac? Why ultimately did you say you're a kid from Finland, 18, 19 years old, just over in the United States, and you've chosen this place? Why? That's a great question. Um, Thank you. I, I get paid the big dollars to ask these questions. <laughs> I think I think the coaches had to do with it for sure. Um, they seemed like they knew what they were talking about and that they meant what they were saying. That it wasn't just words. Uh, and uh, also, especially maybe Coach B, I feel like had a part in it as well. Uh, and during my visit here, all the current players were talking about Coach B, like about his personality, about like how great of a person he is and like a mentor and stuff like that. So um, I th if I had to mention like one thing, maybe that's... that's Fair uh, enough. Yeah. Did, so two, two questions. Did Boston College call you? No, they did not. Second question. Did your brother win a national championship? No, he did not. So you went home this summer, <laughs> and did you see your brother? I did, yes. <laughs> so let's let's get into that. <laughs> what was that conversation like? Uh, no, he was ha he was happy for me. For of course he was. Yeah, he was. But uh, but the funny thing is that in Finland, people don't really realize how big of a thing the national championship is at a college level because in Finland, first of all, we don't have like intercollegiate sports, so. Um, universities might have hockey teams, but it's only, usually only for having fun. And after that, before and after every game, like the guys have ten beers, like so it's a little, it's not as serious. So when I tell them like, yeah, yeah, I won the like intercollegiate like championship in the states, they think it's like a beer league kind of. So <laughs> they think you just get drunk a lot quicker than everybody else. <laughs> exactly, but um. But my brother and of course my family, they uh, they realize how big of a thing it, thing it is, and also like my other friends who play hockey back home, um, they were really happy for me. And uh, but yeah, I didn't I didn't really get at my brother so hard. Uh, I didn't really want to make him feel bad. As you'll hear in a second. Noah was headed to a Big Ten school. Yep, not as a hockey player. He was just going to be Joe Q's student. Until a phone call, and then he knew Quinnipiac was the place to be, and he knew it in less than a minute. We have in front of us two Kristoffs and a Noah. Is that pretty much it? That's it. Yeah, that's it. All right, just making sure. That's all we got. Mr. Filion, Mr. Tellier, and Mr. Noah. Altman. I know Altman. Okay. I know. <laughs> I know. I know all about you from California. Great. All right. So let's start with our journeys. Um, so I'm going to uh, tell us a little bit about where you st when you started playing hockey, what you started doing, and then uh, we'll go from there. So Noah, why don't we start with you, and then we'll get to the Kristoffs. Yeah. Uh, so I'm from Los Angeles, California. Um, I grew up kind of playing all sports other than hockey. 
I started playing like basketball, baseball. I can't imagine why. What do you like six yeah. seven or something? Six seven. Yep. So I was pretty good at basketball until the kids started to become my size, and then my advantage sort of went away. Um, but yeah, I actually started playing hockey. I learned how to skate when I was like thirteen, and played hockey when I was fourteen. Uh, my parents are both Canadian. My mom's from Calgary, and my uh, my dad's from Vancouver. So I grew up a huge Canuck fan. I I loved hockey growing up, um, but I just didn't start playing until I was fourteen, just because it. Nobody really did where I'm from, and I'm very, very fortunate that I did, and I've, I'm here now, and it's it's pretty cool. And so, how did you choose goalie? Um, my favorite player ever is Roberto Luongo. I have a signed jersey of him in my room back home. It's like my prized possession. So, uh, when I started playing, like I sort of wanted to do that, and I also just couldn't skate at all. So the natural position for me was to just go in the net and try to take up some space. So. All right, and so how do you end up at Quinnipiac University? Um, so yeah, so I played sort of all over the place. Uh, Connecticut's the, the seventh state that I've lived in to play hockey. I've been all over the Midwest, and this is the first time I've been out east. Um, I played like a few years of junior hockey, and then I actually was, was released the COVID year for my team, the Bismarck Bobcats in the, uh, in the Null. Um, and so I went home back to California, and I was sort of like done. I, I'd kind of... I didn't give up, but like I didn't really know what to do. I, I had some Division three offers, but the school wasn't um, sort of as, as good as I wanted it to be. Um, and I ended up committing to go to Michigan as a student, like to just not play hockey. My brother went there, and yeah, it's, f- it's funny now. Crazy story. Yeah. Um, what the audience doesn't know is we're all looking at each other like, Michigan? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. what? Yeah. And then, uh, no joke, like May 30th or whatever. I Like, actually, I think it was May 30th. I got like a phone call from our assistant coach, Joe Dume, and I didn't answer it. Like I didn't see the call at the time and I, I heard the voicemail and I kind of had like a panic attack in my car. I was like, Quinnipiac, like how'd this happen? Two days later, like I was on a plane to come see here. 30 seconds after I got on campus, I looked at my mom and I was like, yeah, like this is, this is it. So I was, I went from no hockey to, to this. So it's, yeah, it's, it's wild. I'm just so grateful, so grateful to be here. So how does Joe know to call, like? He, so I actually have Dylan St. Cyr to think to thank sorry uh, he was our goalie two years ago um, and he's with CAA as an agency and I kind of grown up with them as well a little bit and so when they committed to Dylan they asked the uh, my advisor at the time Ethan Fink they asked him if they had any other guys because they it was gonna be Yanni and Dylan and they needed a third guy and he threw my name in there and I guess they watched a little video uh, whatever they did they did or they talked to some of my previous coaches um, so yeah, thanks, Dill. Appreciate that. It was pretty, pretty good. That's pretty sweet. That's uh, that's a great story. Thank you. Yeah. It's um, cool. And so Quinnipiac essentially was your only choice, only uh, option, and yeah, only Division One option to play hockey yeah. was Quinnipiac. All right, Christoph. So you want to get us going? You, we pretty have the same journey, so yeah. oh, you can go. <laughs> Come on, Mister Philian. All right. Well, me and Telly started playing hockey together since we were like what four, yeah, four years four, old. Five, yeah. Went to kindergarten together. Um, really been playing hockey together since that age and maybe two, three years apart. Yeah, I'd say, yeah. Wenatchee, uh, Iowa, so we left home, uh, Quebec. Uh, we went and played midget in Iowa together. Um, then led us to Wenatchee, Washington, where we built it together, uh, first year of juniors together. Actually, fun, funny story, uh, <laughs> Noah actually built in the same billets that, that we did uh, the year after us. This is uh, true. Yeah, Paul and Debbie, shout out, great people. Yeah, um, and Ben. Yeah, Ben too. And Bernie. Yeah, Bernie Rest too. Rest in peace. Yeah, R.I.P. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was the dog. Um, yeah. Then 
we played in Muskegon a little yeah. bit together. And then I decided to come in at Christmas. Um, and then I left Telly, which I was kind of a little sad about, honestly, yeah. to be honest, because we wanted to come in at the same time. But um, I guess it worked out, obviously. But, um, yeah. Uh, so, why, why, I mean, you guys are two French Canadians, right? Yeah, if I remember correctly? Yeah, yeah Sherbrooke. So yeah, yeah. Same town. Now we're from Montreal, yeah. Yeah. And so hockey up there is like the big thing it's what you do the only right, thing right, right, right. you're born you're born with skates like, yeah there's yeah. so many outdoor Same. rinks too. And <laughs> so many outdoor rinks like in in a range of like five minutes there's probably like three four outdoor rinks like in the in the winter that you can just go skate at and like we would always go out there and like play as kids and her like her dad's really got us into skating and then like we just started playing hockey from there i guess because everyone just played hockey and so who commits to Quinnipiac first? Uh, we actually did at the same time. Uh, so we all, all our offers were together. Uh, after the BCHL showcase, Quinnipiac was one of the offers, and we came in. That was our first visit. We had five lined up, and we came to this one. And then we were just, hey, man, like four and a half hours from home, play together. They like us both. That was like perfect scenario. So we both decided to go here. And did you guys talk, like, were you on the same we, visit we, at yeah, the same time? Yeah, we were on the same visit. Same visit both of our yeah. families were here at the same time, and committed at the same time and so do you remember when the two of you looked at each other and said this is it i actually remember we were in the driving uh we're outside his, our house in wenatchee and his dad called and he was like hey man like tell you wants to do this man like if you want to do this do this too <laughs> so we talked after like hey should we do this and then we both called we had different agents at the time and then uh we just called them we're like hey this is what we're gonna do and let us let us hear and the rest is history <laughs> what was the key component I, I mean, I know you just mentioned four and a half hours from home, so your parents can swing yeah. in, swing out, yeah. whatever. But I uh, mean, it was, it's got to be more than just your parents. Yeah, it was the opportunity. I think Rand saw potential in both of us, and we both had a role that, or somewhat of an opportunity that we thought we could fill. And um, school, too, is a great school. And yeah, I think it was just a right fit for both of us. Imagine being a first-year player at Quinnipiac and winning the national championship. Well, that happened to Tim Henke, Alex Powers, Charles Alexis Legault, and Victor Chernetsky and R. Tim and Victor grew up in Connecticut about 10 minutes away from each other. And Tim tells a story about how he beat Victor and Midgets. And let's just say, Victor definitively remembers the outcome. So I grew up playing in Connecticut. Uh, from Connecticut my whole life. And uh, I played at Central Capitals and then Wolfpack and New England Falcons. And then I went to prep school at Avon Old Farms for four years. And then I played juniors up in Boston for the South Shore Kings. And then I came here f after one year of that. So how do you end up at Quinnipiac? How, like, who calls you? What's going on? Uh, so I went to school with uh, Rand's son, Tate, oh, yeah? at Avon Oil Farms, and uh, so I knew him from there, and uh, I'm pretty sure it was Dumas who first got in contact with me, and then they came and watched a few games, and then I toured the school, and I remember after the tour, they were playing Harvard that night. Uh, me and my family went to Eli's, and uh, I told them, like, I don't want to go anywhere else, like, I don't have to think about it, and uh, I came, I committed that same night, and I came in that after the summer. Awesome. So I'm Alex. I am originally from St. John's, Newfoundland, Canada. So I played there till I was in grade 10. 
and then I played three years at prep school till I graduated high school um, in Ontario. And then after that, I went and played two years um, in Alberta in the junior league there. And um, around Christmas time, I want to say I committed here, but Corbett was down at the showcase. A lot of the junior leagues have showcases. And he saw me play there, and we kind of talked for about a month or two. And then uh, finally, we kind of agreed on everything, and uh, I committed in just, I guess, just before Christmas. And then I came in the following year. So So did you take a visit here? I didn't take a visit, no. We were trying to work out times to get a good visit, but I didn't really want to miss any games. And uh, I felt like I had known enough about it. And I'd been talking to Corbs for a long time, so I knew a lot of information. So uh, when it was finally time and everything worked out, I... I just decided to. to and agree. Alex, were there other other opportunities? Uh, there were, but uh, I think ultimately this was the best one, and clearly it, it was the best one. <laughs> it's worked out, man. Yeah, it worked out to this so. point. Exactly. Charles. Hey, so uh, yeah, Charles. I'm from uh, Montreal, Quebec, Canada, and uh, I played all my minor hockey uh, up in Montreal till I was around 16 years old. I uh, left to go to the BCHL, where I played two years with the West Kelowna Warriors. And um, after my second year, um, Coach Juma reached out um, and he wanted me to come to Quinnipiac the following year and it was a no-brainer for me. I just accepted the offer and uh, was here the following year. So. And were there other, other people calling? Um, I was originally committed to, uh, to play at Boston University and, um, and my first year would have been last year, but um, at the end of my last junior season, they ended up telling me that um, they didn't have any spots for me that following year, and I felt like I was ready. So I got out of my NLI, and I was a, I was a free agent technically, and uh, that's when Quinnipiac reached out. But you didn't enter the portal, right? Because you technically no. hadn't gone there yet, so you're not no. in the portal. Exactly. It's just part of, you're just open to go wherever you want to go at that point. Yeah. And so, if you don't mind, how does that conversation go with Boston University? So, because everybody's got a different journey, and it's it's it, it's obviously worked out, right? Yeah, so, w- what happened is that I was re- originally committed with another head coach there, and the coaching sta- staff changed, and um, he pushed me back, and I told him, "I am like you guys already pushed me back one year, uh, and I feel like I'm ready." And he's like, all right, we'll, we'll just mutually part ways. And we shaked on it and we, we moved on. And so when you move on, you have other options besides Quinnipiac? Um, it was last minute, so not really. Uh, the only other option would have uh, been for me to play uh, juniors and, and eventually I probably would have got other offers. But uh, Quinnipiac was the only team back then talking to me. Very nice. Victor. Yeah. Um, so I'm from Southington, Connecticut. I've been playing hockey in Connecticut my whole life. I played for the Wolfpack and then played for Mid-Fairfield. And then after that, I went to prep school at South Kent, which is in Kent, Connecticut. And then my senior year, I transferred. All the coaches left South Kent, transferred to Mount St. Charles in Rhode Island, played there my senior year, and then went to the USHL for two years and then came here. But it was a little bit different for me. So when I played for Mid-Fairfield, like my U14 year, that's kind of when like um, Rand and Doomer kind of reached out to me. So I toured, talked to them, they offered me. And like I grew up going to all the games, so it was like kind of like my dream school. I visited a couple other places, but then I'd say a month after that first visit, I committed here. And then 
been going strong ever since. I mean, for our listeners, Southington is probably 25 miles yeah, away. Not even 30 minutes. Yeah, 30 12, minutes 12 away. miles. Yeah. Take Route 10. That's, uh, that's quite a, a local story. And you said, you were you in Connecticut? Yeah, I live two minutes away from him. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Do you guys know each other? Yeah, we know each other. Yeah. You knew each other before you came to Quinnipiac? Oh, yeah. A little bit, yeah. Not as close as we are now, but yeah. we knew, knew of each other, for huh. sure. Beat him in a tournament on a one-on-one overtime once. Yeah, when you're seven years old. <laughs> seven years old. You hit the post. I hit, I hit, yeah, a little backhand toe. I hit the post, and then Tim went down the other end and finished her off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's amazing how you guys remember that. I'm just yeah. over here historical laughing. I, mean, going. I got ripped in the car, so it's definitely <laughs> something to remember. You got ripped sure. by your parents? Oh, my, yeah, I got ripped. <laughs> how do you hit the post? I don't know. I'm seven. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah. I think it's all worked out. Yeah, for I sure. Think, I think you hold the, uh, you, you're, you'll be okay at the end yeah, of it, I think. Yeah, for sure. We have two guests in front of us, two student athletes who have uh, graduated and have moved on, but were definitely a key element to the entire 2022-23 program. Uh, that eventually won the national championship, uh, T.J. Friedman and Ethan DeYoung. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. Did I get that right, Ethan? You did. That's great. <laughs> what the audience doesn't know is we practiced it in warm-ups. So. Um, and T.J., we'll start with you. Yeah, so I, um, I got into the sport through my cousin, honestly, um, just kind of going over, playing ball hockey at his place, family gatherings, whatever it may be, and you know, I started. I probably started doing that when I was really, really young, and that kind of turned into okay, let's let's start getting them onto skate. It was actually my potty training gift was learning to skate, and then I started learning to skate, and from there it was okay, let's let's get them into the sport, kind of see where it takes them, and then you know, once I once I did learn to play, it, it took off, and you know, now we're here. So, <laughs> so but, so how do you? Uh, so what is your journey through minor hockey? Yeah, so I played in St. Louis until I was probably. 15 or 16 um, and then that's when I, I moved away when I was 16 to Springfield, Illinois played in the NAHL for the Springfield Junior Blues um, did a year my senior year I was up in Detroit, Michigan playing for Victory Honda U18 and then from there I went out to uh, Victoria Grizzlies out in the BCHL and playing against me yeah that was that was an unbelievable spot I think those those two years are you know obviously besides my time here at Quinnipiac those those are very uh, very memorable years out there just not even just the hockey itself, just the living, the the atmosphere, the environment, the city itself, like everything about Victoria, I, I loved. And, and you're I, with a host family the entire time, yep, right? Every yep. stop along the way, there's got to be somebody who's willing to be a host family for exactly. you. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's a that's a great experience to kind of learn the city and learn the space that you're in based right. on based on who you see. Yep. And, and so the c time comes when you want to play collegiate hockey. Yep. What's that? look like from your first perspective in terms of where you're going to play how you're going to play etc cetera, etc cetera. uh honestly not my recruiting wasn't anything crazy it was just kind of go out play and then maybe every once in a while someone will stop hey can you go grab tg out of the locker room there's a scout at the game or something so i wouldn't say you know my my process was anything crazy i actually um i was first recruited by joe dume when he was at union um kind of did the visit there and financially wise all that i was like i don't i don't really know if this will be the best fit whatever and then um ended up working out pretty perfect uh quinnipiac growing up was always one of my my big schools that i was like I, if i could get a chance to go there it, hockey's the first thing it'd be 
you know, dream of mine to play Division One hockey, especially to get to do it at a school like this. And then, you know, he he did he made the transfer over to start coaching with Rand, and from there it was just kind of he started reaching back out, saying, "Hey, what do you? I'm I'm over at Quinnipiac now. What do you what do you think of that place?" And I was like, "That's not gonna lie, it's been on my list. If you get me out for a visit, I'll I'll see how I how I like it in person." And I came out and I fell in love with the campus, fell in love with the area, and I was like, "I think I think I'm gonna be a Bobcat." So I came out here and committed on the spot. <laughs> So what? So my first thought was scholarship versus non-scholarship. There's got to be a little bit, a little bit of a difference yeah, between yeah. Union and Quinnipiac. Right? Yeah, no. Dad, I think Dad was uh, Dad was happy that <laughs> we were we were going somewhere that could give scholarships out. So that was that was good. <laughs> it worked. Ended up working out for me. And so, what was your visit like? Came in. Uh, so I didn't get to see a game because it was like a weird Christmas break where I had. Uh, I want to say I had like a day and a half between getting from St. Louis back to Victoria for like the little Christmas break we had. Was that your first year in Victoria? Uh, was second. Second. I was. Okay. I was supposed to do another year in Victoria. Oh, so they committed a lot of us. Yeah, like we your were second all year, right our, there. my second year. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I was uh, kind of heading back out to Victoria, and they were like, "Can you, can you make a little pit stop? Well, you can come in through the visit." So I came in. I think I had like a, probably. 28 to 32 hour visit maybe i took about a 12 or 13 hour cat, uh, cat nap on prisky and shiplow's couch they hosted me and that seems to be a popular place when we talk to people yeah, they got it they had a comfy couch at the condo so that was that was good um but yeah no it was basically just come in kind of meet the guys watch a practice see the campus uh and then meeting with the coaches that was and nothing they crazy. Off, and, did they offer you on the spot? Uh, so they had an offer out to me before I came on the visit. Okay. Um, and that's, I kind of made sure I had the okay of, okay, I'm, when I get in there, if I, everything I like, I'm good to just basically say, you got me, I'm a Bobcat. My advisor was like, yep, if you go there, he's like, I, I know that I know the coaches. I know they do well. You're, you're going to love it there. It's a great fit. If you go and you sit, you think the camp is good. You, you like what you're seeing. You go ahead. You tell them you're, you're a bobcat for four years, or I guess you're a bobcat for five years. We didn't, we didn't know that back then. <laughs> how how many um, how many offers did you have, TJ? This besides, uh, I got an offer from RPI that actually ended up getting pulled. That I was going to end up taking, um, but they ended up pulling the offer, and you know, it, obviously, it's a little upsetting. You know, look looking at it uh, at at that point in time but looking back at it now it's like you know what it's it ended up working out so it's and then you know i think it was probably about a month maybe two months later is when uh was when dume ended up reaching out and he was like hey just uh, just a heads up you know this is what we can do we can get you in for a visit here and that's funny you would have been you would have been teammates with jake yep, probably yep for a couple of years oh yeah and uh <laughs> instead you end up here yep yeah, it's interesting how uh, everybody has a different journey. I mean, it really is, you know, you all, I mean, I've talked to probably 16 of you, and you all have different roads to take here. So, Ethan, what was your, uh, how'd you start playing hockey? I mean, in, in Canada, it's kind of the culture, you know what I mean? So I think when I was like three, my mom was throwing skates on me, and we go to like these public skates. And I don't know what they're called. Freeze, maybe you can help me out with this, but it's just like the metal, like, kind of square beams that are on the ice that slide that you like oh, hold on to yeah i just i don't like really sled, know i don't know what's like yeah sled. it's like a sled like a, a, it's it, almost it looks like a like a walker but instead of having yeah. the tennis balls on the bottom it's just like a little rubber thing little rubber piece that just slides along the ice basically yeah so yeah. It's obviously every kid well in, i guess in north van that's pretty much how every kid learns how to skate you just hold onto that walker thing and you fly around <laughs> and uh, i loved it and fortunately fortunately for me 
I lived really close to North Shore Winter Club. So if you recognize the name, like the Koreas, that's where they grew up playing. I'm pretty sure Joe Sackett was there. Um, some notable names right now, like the biggest name I think you would recognize was like Nick Batan, Jansen Harkins. So kind of like bubble NHL guys uh, grew up playing there. So yeah, kind of a late developer. I always wanted to play in the CHL, like the WHL. That's where I'd be eligible. But then I had a coach that suggested, hey, like it's going to take you a few more years to, to kind of be big enough and good enough to play in the WHL. You're not going to be a 16 year old. You should try college hockey. And I think the only guy at that time that was like recognizable dirt, like for my year, that won college hockey was Tyson Jost. So I was like, okay, like he's a great player. He went to Nodak, like I'll, I'll try it out, whatever. So then that's how I kind of ran into to Freed's. I was playing in Prince George, kind of a blue collar town up north. <laughs> a little bit. A little yeah, bit. <laughs> it, was, it, was, uh, it was gritty, but I loved it. And, uh, but sorry, I kind of fast-tracked there. So I played at North Shore Winter Club, and then I kind of went to, like, the nemesis, the rivalry to BWC. That's where Barzell played. Because North Shore Winter Club didn't really have a good program after Bantam. And this is when the academies started rolling out in the North Shore, the CSSHL. So it was, I did two years there, and it was unbelievable. I went from probably, like, 140 pounds, and then by the time I was going to ju- juniors, I was, like, 175. Like, development-wise, I was way better, confidence. Then I did two years up in Prince George. After my first year, I came down with a buddy, and we my my coach helped me set up, and we toured a bunch of the schools out here in the East Coast, like Yale, RPI. Actually, I was talking to them a lot. I wonder, was it uh, Nolan that you were talking to, the assistant coach at the time? Yes, yes. Yeah, he's a great guy. So I did them. Who else did I do? Obviously Quinnipiac. But when we were doing Quinnipiac, I didn't actually get a tour from any of the coaching staff, it was the video guy at the time. Which I'm trying to... I didn't get to meet him after that. I forget his name. I'm trying to he think was a who, good guy. who it would have been that year. But uh, Doomer was giving uh, Nibsy a tour. Oh, okay. Yep, <laughs> yeah. yep. Anyways, but I, I loved it here. Um, all, all the programs that I visited on the East Coast here are top-notch. But And then I had a good showcase, and uh, Coach Dume, you know, he, he gave me the offer. I think... I think the the showcase in Chilliwack is around like September fifteenth or something like that. And right away, I'm like Quinnipiac is like it's a top program. I want to go here. And I I know you asked Freed's like, was there any other offers? And I I think uh, Quinnipiac was the first like, yeah, we want you. Here's the offer. But the other school I was talking to that I was also really interested in at the time was Mankato. So none of these are like big Big Ten schools that get all those like first rounders and draft picks. They're very prestigious programs but they're usually uh they have to work a little harder with scouting and take like the older guys the late developers and stuff like that very nice um and so what was when you came on your visit what was that that sold you in terms of i mean it sounds like you had maybe you had a part-time video guy give you a tour yeah <laughs> and i mean obviously there's lots of conversations with joe right i mean there's mm-hmm. you know there's some back and forth with you Rand, etc etc but what like you're a kid from Vancouver, right? Coming cross country to go to a school that you've probably never heard of other than hockey. Mm-hmm. Why? Well, that uh, that 2016 run kind of put them on the map for me. As soon as I started following college hockey, like I would watch those uh, like pumped up sports YouTube videos. I don't know if you've ever seen them, mm-hmm. but it's just like a collage of like all the best goals and hits from the previous season. 
And of course, Sam Annis's goal, like the the fake forehand backhand in the tournament, was out there. So I knew about Quinnipiac, and then when I came here, saw the rink, I was like, wow, like this is pretty cool. And uh, but honestly, like the facilities were great, but it was really just like how good of a program they were. Watching those videos, I was like, I want to go here. Then as soon as I saw some interest, I'm like, I gotta, I gotta grab this up. Talk a little bit about um, Desi at Princeton. The back, so the back check, yeah. The, back, the very mean, famous back check. You just talk about a guy that got unbelievably unlucky this year and just continued to put his head down and put the work in. Like that guy, he's a hard worker. He had three or four pretty big injuries coming back to take a fifth year to try and win a national championship. He had three significant yeah, injuries this year alone. Yeah, it was at least three, like the shoulder, the shoulder, head, and then the knee. Head, a concussion and knee, yeah. So he, I mean, he just, it just felt like every, every time he got back in, okay, something else happened. All right, he's, he's good again. I got back in and it's, it's just, it felt like something kept kind of trying to hold him back and he never let it, mm-hmm. never let it happen. He showed up every day, smile on his face, whether he was there to practice, rehab, what, like whatever. He was always there early too. Yeah, whatever which was is, going on. Yeah, which is good came for like ready the young to work guys. with a smile on his face. Yeah. yeah. Great. Yeah. Role model for, for the younger guys is definitely like looking up to him going, okay, he's not even playing. He's doing all this work that had to have had some form of an impact. So it's. You, just, you can't say enough about the kid. Yeah. Like never bringing the energy down. Yeah, too. never. Like never. after the third injury, you'd be like, "Oh, geez, like I feel so bad for this guy." He just but no, stuck he's with still it. he's at the at the rink early, getting his work done, in a good mood. You know, talk about the back check. I mean, he would. What, what were we? We were up what at that? Like we were up like one. It was a close game. It was a close game. It was we, close. Okay. Yeah, they Princeton had a good. Uh, they were relentless this year. They're a good team. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, was, it was tough to like really put a cushion i guess you could say yeah in the, in the score so it was a close game and we we have the clip like it's gonna be one of those forever clips rand's we'll got a few of those video forever <laughs> like uh travis st dennis has got one that one shot block shot yep. off the face off yep. but desi's gonna be one of those one of those clips because you can see him like at the very right when like the transition uh barely starts like, leaves barely the frame and you just slowly kind of see him start coming back in i mean he made up what 15 he didn't 20 glide feet at all yeah, he's yeah just, he took a stride until he was at the net yeah and then yeah couldn't really slow down at that point yeah hey put his put his body on the line made the play it's not only was, did he yeah, it's yeah not only did he stop a goal but the energy on the bench oh yeah like, got shot gets everyone else up like it, there's so much from that play that like you, you're like okay yeah you back check stop the goal there's just a ton of other stuff too that goes into it that you don't really realize but you're like oh yeah like bench got excited we play with a little more energy that next shift mm-hmm. okay maybe we go out we get a goal out of it you know it's but those are the details that coach talks about exactly mm-hmm. 40 that, for 40 yeah that makes you guys i i always hesitate to say different because i think every coach probably works on details but you guys aren't first round draft picks you're not second right. round backs. Mm-hmm. you're not third you're not fo- you're you weren't. It's it's okay. You weren't, yep. but you do these things at practice day after day after day to make sure you are in a position to win the game when the when it counts, mm-hmm. right? It, and it's stuff like that. That's that's the reason why people come to Quinnipiac. Yeah, but yeah, they they want to. In my opinion, they basically make the week of practice as hard as they can, so that way when you get into a game, it's like okay, this is kind of. It feels easier than going out and skating for an hour and a half on a Monday when you're doing all these up and down the ice drills. So it's the way they the way they kind of work in. It's not just get on the line, 
you're going down and back 20 times. They work it into the practice. You're still working on skills. You're working on the conditioning. And honestly, it just helps translate kind of into the, the in-game situations that weekend. So Yeah, it's essentially just all the good habits that yes. you work on day in and day out. I mean, it's sec yeah, second nature by the time you get to the game because it's just mm -hmm. been, we've been working at it all week, all year, whatever it may be, that it's just, it's so burnt into you that there's no way it's getting out. <laughs>